Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit that as the scriptures are read and your word proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us today. And let God's people say, Amen. Our first reading comes from the book of Acts, chapter 8, verses 14 through 17. Now when the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. The two went down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit, for as yet the Spirit had not come upon any of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Our second reading comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 3, verses 15 through 17, 21 through 22. As the people were filled with expectation, and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah, John answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Now when all the people were baptized, and so had been baptized, and was praying, the heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came from heaven. You are my son, the beloved. With you... I am well pleased. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. At this point, Christmas is starting to feel like it's been forever ago. And so the last message that we have about keeping the Christmas spirit with us is a spirit of acceptance. And the picture of acceptance is that of the Holy Spirit. And we get two different holy and how we accept others. The first that we had is from Acts. That people had been baptized. They wanted to be a part of that community. They wanted to belong. And so they go down and they go, well, you've been baptized in the name of Jesus. You've been baptized with water, but you haven't been baptized by the Spirit. So we will pray over you or lay hands on you that the Spirit will come on you. You'll notice one of the things missing from all this is there were no long interrogations. There were no, are you sure? There was no hesitation of, well, maybe they got baptized, but I'm not sure they're ready. I'm not sure they're worthy. They were making the effort. And that was enough. And we see that again in the story of Jesus' own baptism that people were coming from all over to go see John. John was baptizing people in the river. And it was a a pretty big experience. We don't often think about what baptism was with John. And if we were to, to translate John's name into a more modern term, we could call him John the Plunger, because he would grab people and plunge them into the water and raise them up again, Because it was that act of washing them clean, and so he would be plunging them into the water, and they would come up with that feeling that they had been forgiven. Now, when Jesus comes along, 
Jesus is baptized and he cleansed and it's said that he didn't need to be, but he did it anyway. And he's baptized then by the Holy Spirit. Comes down like a dove and it settles on him. And I don't know whether it showed to everyone or just showed to him. But the Spirit comes upon him and it blesses him. It says, you are the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. And sometimes I think that we get in our heads that that entire message was only for Christ. And we don't allow the option that maybe the Spirit gives us the same kind of message. When the Spirit accepts us into the fold as a believer, maybe that message is, you are loved. And I'm pleased that you're here. You are loved and I'm pleased that you are on this journey. You are loved. And I welcome you. Around Christmas, we get a spirit in us that makes us more accepting of others. We look past our differences and we look past those things that may cause us headaches and may cause us stress and we try to avoid all the things that we argue about so that we can come together in joy and be able to celebrate together. And then we let it pass. And I was reminded of the way that we are called to accept one another by the way that we are accepted by the Holy Spirit. That the Spirit doesn't say, well, you're going to have to fix everything first. The Spirit says, I'm going to help you fix it. The Spirit doesn't say, you need to be perfect before I'm going to come to you. It says, if you're searching to be fixed, you are welcome here. If you are searching to be made whole, I will make you whole. If you are searching for that that will give you comfort, I will help you find it. And it's that spirit that we need to carry with us. Because so often we are willing to say, well, I'm going to help anybody who's in need this Christmas. And Christmas passes, and the red kettles disappear, and the boxes full of toys disappear from the bank in the coffee shops, and the grocery stores, and we start hanging on to our wallets a little tighter, and we start worrying about anything that maybe we spent a little too much of around the holidays, and we stop giving as much, and sometimes we stop caring as much, and we also stop loving as much. Because around Christmas, we think of all those people that we help without question. Christmas fades into our memory and suddenly we have questions about what they're going to use it for. What is that money going to go to? Can I really trust this person? And we forget that radical acceptance that we are given in the Spirit. That radical acceptance practiced by Christ's own disciples. That they heard that people wanted to follow Christ. And so they said, all right, you want to be here, so we welcome you. You want to be in this, come on in. You want to be with us, join us. 
And we will give you the same gift that was given to us. The apostles could have said, well, you know what? The Spirit was given to us, and maybe we should just hang on to it, and that will make us special. Because we'll have it and others won't. And they can be bad, but they won't have that thing that makes us special, and then we can decide who gets this and who doesn't. But they didn't. And I think that they didn't because they knew that the Spirit was going to act with or without them. The Spirit was going to go and help those who were searching for Christ. Whether the disciples were willing to be helpful or not. And they chose to be helpful. We see in other stories that the Spirit comes upon people that they themselves didn't expect the Holy Spirit to descend upon. That when Paul goes out to the Gentiles, he testifies to the Holy Spirit descending upon them, and they are amazed. We hear stories about people who are formerly excluded from the church. And they are baptized by water in the Spirit and welcomed in to something that they never could have been a part of before Christ. It was that radical inclusion that welcomed the least and the last. The people who were an outcast everywhere were no longer outcasts here. The church welcomed them. Welcomed the poor. Welcomed the sick. Welcomed the lame. Welcomed the blind. Welcomed the deaf. Welcomed the crippled. Welcomed the tax collector. Welcomed those who sought a better life not expecting them to have their lives fixed before they walked through the doors, not expecting them to have things fixed before they accepted the baptism of the water, not expecting them to have everything figured out before they were baptized in the Spirit. But they accepted them because they were on the same journey. We are called to be disciples of Christ as part of a journey that we are trying to find perfection in our faith that we are trying to be healed of our wounds that we are trying to be healed of our brokenness and we are trying to be redeemed and I know we are the thing is is that baptism starts a journey we often think of it as Well, here we are, I am baptized, and now I'm saved. But it's the beginning of our faith journey. Because it's that statement that says, I want to be saved. I need to be saved. And the journey from there is experiencing the Holy Spirit each and every day, wherever it guides us and leads us, corrects us, and being able to turn back to it when we've messed up. Because the other wonderful thing about the Spirit is that it'll always lead us back to where we need to be. Even if we've been ignoring it, even if we have tried to shut it up because we don't want to go where it's taking us, it's persistent. And it'll get us where we are supposed to be. No matter how much we fight, no matter how much we don't want to go, 
Whenever we're willing to listen, the Spirit will get us there. Because by the same token, we have accepted the Holy Spirit into our lives. We have accepted that Holy Presence as something that we need. Something that we need to guide us and lead us. I know from my personal experience, it's really easy to mess something up. It's even easier to mess something up when you have the best of intentions with what you're doing. And very easily, you can find out that you were wrong. But the Spirit is there. And it's there to guide us back to where we need to be, and it's to help us help one another. We could judge each other for our failures, or we could help each other overcome them. We could kick each other while we are down, or we could help each other back up. We could push each other apart, or we could join hands in spite of our differences. Because the thing that unites us is that we have God the Father on our side. The thing that unites us is that we have been washed clean in the blood of Christ. And the thing that unites us is that we have accepted the Holy Spirit into our lives to guide us and lead us. I don't know exactly what God has in plan for me or any of you. I don't know what God has in store for His church. What I do know is that it is His church that we have been accepted into because we have accepted God into our lives. We grow together, we learn together, we love together, and we forgive together because we accept each other for what we are. People on a journey together. A journey to strengthen our faith. A journey to heal. A journey to grow. A journey to help. And it's a journey that we can't take alone. Because no matter what we do, and no matter how alone we think we are, God is there. No matter how much we try to separate ourselves from each other, Christ is still there, accepting us back into the fold. And the Holy Spirit is always there for us when we seek it. God will always be calling new people to his side. The question that we have as a church is are we going to go with God and accept them as he has accepted them? Or are we going to fight God? and decide that we are the gatekeepers and we are the ones who know God's business best. I pray that we always find a way to accept and love each other in spite of whatever differences we may have, in spite of whatever failings that we may face, that we face them together and it makes us stronger because of it. And we face them in love and mercy. That when we are wrong, we can be forgiven. That when others are wrong, they can be forgiven. But when we act together in God's love and His grace, we will always love and the best that we can.
and carry that loving spirit that comes to us on Christmas and the birth of our Savior. That we remember that gift from God the Father of the Son who died, not to save some, but to save all who would seek Him. And that we join together in that gift of the Holy Spirit that we may take this journey together from this life to the next. That we may live in peace and love. That we may care for one another as God cares for us. And it is in that love and mercy that I pray. Amen.